0: Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, it's pitcher and catcher's day for the Phillies in Clearwater. Baseball is just around the corner. The Flyers are scheduled to resume play tomorrow night. Minus seven players. Something's wrong with that scenario. We'll certainly talk about that. Sixers are on a three-game losing streak as they return home, minus Ben Simmons, as we just found out. Um, Well, things are quiet, somewhat quiet for the Eagles and their new coaching staff.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about the Sixers and Flyers a bit later, of course. Some concerns about both of those teams of late, Bill. Uh, But, yeah, baseball talk can begin in earnest now that the Phillies pitchers and catchers, including J.T. Romito, are down in Clearwater again. J.T.'s excited. He said he couldn't sleep last night. Uh, But, Bill, we're going to talk Eagles first. And uh, that reminds me, I'm going to lower the price again on my Carson Wentz plush doll to (laughs) $2.11 (laughs) now can't give this thing away. Uh, well,
0: I'll tell you what. We'll have a lot to <laughs> talk about with that. And uh, with our guest. Uh, we've got a great couple great guests tonight. Delaware County Daily Times, Bob Groats. And Edge of Philly Sports, Freddie Burns, will be joining us in the second half. Uh, so with that, let's get it going. Let's welcome Bob Groats back to Philly Press Box Radio. Bob, welcome. Let's talk Eagles. Hey,
1: what's up, guys? Hey, Bill Chet. Hey, Bob, good to see you again. You know, we last talked to you at the end of September when the Eagles were 0-2-1, and the season never really turned around like we thought that it might, unfortunately. And I don't know if you agree, Bob, but uh, for me, this off season hasn't exactly made me feel better about the direction of the team or the franchise in general.
2: Uh, yeah, and I might add uh, some of the people in the, the front office, including Don Slowinski. Yeah. I, I think it's Smolensky, but I'm still there there could be a Slovensky in there.
3: Yeah, I know it's what been you mean.
2: it's been crazy. And um and you know, the more I talk to people about uh, Carson Wentz, and today I, I spoke with a couple of agents. Um they believe me, they they I guess they wanna they wanna do his next contract because they think he's salvageable and and I really don't. I I can't I can't figure how there could be a market for somebody who performed the way he did led the league in three categories: sacks, interceptions, and giveaways in just a dozen games. Lost his job to a rookie quarterback, got the coach fired, and really hasn't shown. It it, it seems to me like he just he just doesn't want to pay the price to play. And how that can be, how that can equate into trade value? Someone's going to have to explain that to me. But these guys that I spoke with they they say that he's. Um, He's been Roethlisberger, only you know not not quite as developed at this point in his career a, same type of quarterback and uh, and they think that another system uh, put him in another system give him a fresh start they think that could help, so I don't see how it could hurt but uh but i i don't i don't share their optimism
0: well bob i mean i guess two two questions come to mind is uh, how do you go from being an MVP candidate just a year or two in advance to where he is today? And second is the situation so toxic with, with the Eagles that maybe that's the
2: problem. That's a good question. I mean, I mean, that's a good, uh, good way to look at this whole deal. And, um, it, you know, it's gotten, you know, I, I don't think Doug Peterson helped at any, he, I, he had his easily his worst year as a head coach. And, um, that game against I just roll my eyes because I think of that game against Dallas when they started the rookie quarterback you know his NHL deb- debut and the game was close at halftime because Doug just went out of body to do all this reckless stuff and over coaching and and I just you know and but that that was the whole year he he had a really bad year so how do you and and I've also I don't know if I even said it on your show but uh, I, I've never been a fan of uh this Eagles or what was the Eagles coaching staff developing the younger guys. So I can't tell. I mean, I really can't tell if the if the player personnel guys, the scouts, um, the all those that had input into draft picks, if they're, if they're that wrong or if it was the coaching, you know. So and uh, and the quarterback didn't help any of that with, well, uh, you know, he, he just he's really, a, really an aloof kind of guy.
1: Yeah, he did not have a good year, that's for sure. Uh, now, unless Howie screws this up, there's no way they can bring Carson Wentz back. So they've got to trade him. We're hearing the Colts, we're hearing the Bears. I know you mentioned uh, Denver as a possibility the other day. Are there any other teams looking to get into this, uh, or do you see him ending up you know, with one of those teams?
2: I, I think it's going to be the Colts. I, The Bears, uh, they, they have a decision to make on Allen Robinson, whether to franchise him or not. And if they let him go, I mean, you're talking 15 million for a franchise tag. If they let him go, that that, you know, that city they'll they'll march on the on the uh, the Bears headquarters. So I, I see them franchising him, and that's coming up uh, well, next week. Yeah, I think the 22nd or the 23rd is is when the franchise tags. And there's nobody on the Eagles who's who's going to get one. I, you guys already know that no one's going to get a, <laughs> a tag on the Eagles. So I think if they do that, I, I don't see them in the running for. Um, for once at all, hmm. unless unless Wentz radically redoes his contract. And uh and then it could get really crazy. If something like that happened, if Wentz worked with him, they'd have to get rid of Foles because there's no way that Foles is going to be over there. And if they bring Foles back here, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna move to another city. Yeah, because <laughs> that is gonna be just too strange, too weird. Yeah. I'll go with you. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> yeah. doubt, no doubt. But hey. but you know, on the other hand, too, the Colts that that would be you know that's the that's the obvious situation. But you know, one of the one of the agents that I, I spoke with, and we all saw that trade of Jared Goff to Detroit, and we thought, boy, the Rams really overpaid for him, and uh, or uh, and you know, and the Lions the Lions um, that was like a salary cap kind of deal too, and that's why the all that compensation was out there. I I am hearing that. The Eagles, to get rid of uh, Wentz, it's not – a first-round pick is not out of the question, but it would be a deal where there were a couple of second-round picks would come back, maybe a third round, and maybe another player. And, you know, Zach Gertz, I don't know that uh, they would anybody would want to take on that salary at this point in time, but the, the Colts were interested in him last year. So you could see something like that. Wentz for the first-round pick, the Eagles give him a, a second this year – the Eagles give him Ertz, and they give him a second next year.
0: Hey, hey, Bob, going back to the Doug Peterson firing, uh, you know, I, I, that surprised me a little bit. But more surprising to me was Jeffrey Lurie's, uh presser afterwards where basically it almost came out sounding like Doug wanted to win now. And, and Laurie wants to go into a rebuild. He didn't use the rebuild word, but uh, that's sure what it sounded like. What, what was your take on that, uh, Laurie Presser?
2: Yeah, no, exactly the way that you you mentioned it there. Um the, the owner sees a big rebuilding job ahead. And uh he, he wanted to change the staff and this new staff that they had, if you if you uh just just the coordinators alone, if you add up the ages and um and get the averages, I think they they average a shade under 34. And the other guys, the old guys that Doug had were, you know, I'm saying old guy, which is funny, but they averaged about 45 years old. So You know, I think there's something to be there could be something to be said for that. We will find out this year uh, that some of the younger guys, the way they learn and with all these meetings being virtual, that's here to stay. That those virtual meetings, maybe not every team meeting, you know, uh, after the vaccine comes out and people get that, maybe they'll they'll return to some sense of normalcy. But virtual meetings are here to stay and uh, NFL teams love them. They can stay. Tethered to players all day if they if they want by breaking up these meetings. So maybe a younger staff can help with that. I don't see how it could hurt.
1: So we're almost sure for one hundred percent that uh, Carson Wentz won't be here. Zach Ertz is gone. Jason Peters. Please tell me Jason Peters is not coming back again. No, I mean
2: they—they should change the locks at the (laughs) NovaCare Center so we can't get back in. You know.
1: Who else? Andre Andre Dillard. What about him? Are they going to bring him back and give another shot? Yeah, yeah,
2: he's going to. Yeah, he'll be back, and um, they invested a first-round pick. They—they traded up to get him. And uh, but do I think he's going to be make an impact? No, I I really don't. Uh, Stoutland is back. He's the oldest coach on the staff at age fifty-nine, and. He'll, he'll be back. Um, I, I'm not so sure some of these other older guys are going to be back. And I have – I've, I've been having arguments with other writers about this, like uh, Fletcher Cox. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – I mean, I, you know that they're asking him to uh, restructure his contract, and, and I'm sure he would do that. Uh, they, they, they're about oh, – last time I looked, like $50 million over the cap, um, and, and that includes adjustments, the cap space they didn't use in 2020, so they they need to get under the cap. They need to do it by the first start of the league year, and I think what's that, March 17th or something like that. All my days are running together. <laughs> they need to do that. They got to get under the cap. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of these older guys asked to be traded. <laughs> it would not surprise me in the least oh, yeah. bit. And mm-hmm. uh, and other people say now you're crazy. He's the best player they have. Well, the owners said that they weren't going to win. Are or, or they, they? It was doubtful that they were going anywhere for a couple of years so why do they want to be part of you know Fletcher Cox 30 years old he'll be 32 before they have a chance to get good why would he want to stay and um and and what's more I mean he, he was definitely um a Jim Schwartz guy and some of those other guys too I wouldn't be surprised Brandon Graham likes Philly but I wouldn't be surprised if he if he moved on and um and the Eagles could save some money and and it, and it might be, this might be the, it, this sure looks like the time to rebuild. Let me put it this way. Um, you know, you, you are going to be stuck for a little while. The NFC East is not good. You know, you don't know about this coach, whether, you know, that, you know, the, that opening press conference, I know that I, I go overboard with that. But first impressions are lasting impressions. You know, it's kind of, you know, everybody makes mistakes. What was it, Brady? <clears throat> he didn't know it was. Fourth down, he thought it was third down earlier this season. You know, we'll come back. So everybody, they all make mistakes. But, um, I mean, there's there's no reason to think right now that this this team is going anywhere next year or the year after. And, um, and oh, by the way, we, right now it sure looks like Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback.
0: Well, and, and to follow up on that, you didn't mention uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, I guess it's – would you think it's safe to say that he would probably retire? Yeah. Um, what a I huge a loss if, if he goes away.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that's a possibility. Um, he's still really, he still finished the season healthy. So, uh, but all, you know, all the guys that he really played with, well, I shouldn't say all of them. Brandon Brooks will be back. Uh, well, actually, I said Brandon Brooks will be back. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved on from him. Hmm. A couple of injuries makes a lot of money. Uh, Lane Johnson, I think he'll be back. So, you know kelsey i mean somalo siamalo and uh, and lane johnson those would be the guys basically that uh, kelsey knows so i get, that wouldn't surprise me either if he moved on and um you know it it's kind of it, it's going to be different and um you know maybe you know maybe if kelsey stays you know um he stays for maybe no more than a year i think with with this new staff so well, Stoutland is there, too, for Kelsey. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought, there's going to be a lot of new faces on this team. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. I think you're going to see some a lot of turnover with veterans.
1: Well, we know another guy who's going to be back. That's Howie Roseman. Uh, I, I don't know what he's got on Jeffrey Lurie, but uh, it looks like Howie is going to stick around for a while. Is it possible if they have another awful draft and a bad year, though, that Jeffrey finally says, hey, you know, we've got to make some changes there, too?
2: Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do anything in, in that uh, respect this year. Um, they had another guy in there, John Dorsey, who, who has moved on, but, uh, I thought something might happen there and maybe he looked at the situation and and didn't like, you know, how it was looking. Um, they got the sixth pick in the draft. Yep. You should be able to get a good player there. You You should be able to put the names in a hat and pull one out and, you know, close your eyes and you, and it'll be a good player. So, but, uh, you know, this coaching staff, they really, you know, I, I still don't, I, I, Howie wanted to hire the guy from new England, the offensive coordinator from new England. So he, how he really, I mean, is how is he going to work with this guy? I'm not saying that he, they're going to be at odds over that, but he felt, it was clear to me. He felt a lot more comfortable. A lot, I talked to a few people and how he wanted the guy from uh, new England. So, and, um, and Oh, by the way, uh, if you're looking for a dark horse for Carson Wentz, the Patriots—they got a lot of cap space. Yeah, they yeah. could do something. And um, you know, I—I I don't know any any deal that the Eagles make, they're going to look bad because they gave up two first-round picks, a second round, a third round, a, a fourth round, just to go up from eight to two. So it, it doesn't matter what they do, um, they're not going to look good with it with this trade.
0: Yep. Uh, absolutely. Hey, Bob, you mentioned quickly about the NFC East, not being very good. I certainly agree with that. Um, do you see, I think we all thought that the Eagles were probably in the leaders in the clubhouse at this time last year. Uh, that didn't work out so well. How far down do we see them after what we saw this year from the rest of the teams?
2: Yeah, well, I think they, I, I have them right now. They're in last place. I mean, it's, they're going to have to fight their way out of the basement and, um, yeah, I like kind of, you know, just in terms of, uh, the, the philosophy and the organization, I, I really like that Joe judge with the giants. I think they did a great job. He's a local guy too, mm-hmm. uh, Joe judge. What, what is it? Lansdale or out that mm-hmm. way, but, um, very, very disciplined. I, I kind of wish the Eagles had hired maybe this new guy, oh, Nick Siriani will be like him, but, uh, I liked him. Comes from that, that Patriots tree. And, uh, and you know the in Dallas, you know that um, their talent seemed to show at the end of the the year. Mike McCarthy was there, even with a with a quarterback who I think was washed up two or three years ago. So, but you know they still got to get that right. The Cowboys they got to – Dak Prescott. I you never you never uh, fully recovered from a an injury like he had. You know the next season it's going to take a couple years. So. Uh, you, so I think really that the Giants and um, you know and the Washington football team they they need a quarterback too. So you know as bad as as bad as that division is, you know I still think the Eagles are you know easily the the worst team next year. Yeah,
1: it's tough to watch. Uh, yeah. Well, we talked talked a lot about Carson Wentz as you mentioned. Jalen Hurts looks like he's going to be the guy. We saw him for four plus games last year. Had some flashes, but still got a long way to go. What are your initial impressions of watching him for a quarter of a season?
2: Yeah, I, I really liked him. He um, his instincts at a quarter as a quarterback were really good to me. Um, I I just uh, I think he's really ahead of the curve. I, I don't. I, I still have doubts about his size. He's shade over six foot. I don't know. You know, long term he's going to take some hits, but uh, he throws a good ball and um he showed more arm strength than i remember um now he didn't have the training camp and and the first team reps all year and that can wear your arm out but he he made some great throws and he he's got savvy he's got good quarterback savvies savvy and uh they the quarterback coach they hired is he's a he's a pal of his you know the uh jalen hurts followed him brian now i can't remember his brian johnson, johnson Brian johnson yeah. Yep. yeah right growing up um and the story is Jalen Hurts. When he was a kid, uh, his father coached Brian Johnson, and um, and Jalen was a fan of his. And um, and Johnson recruited him to Mississippi State, All right? Along with Dak Prescott. But you know that we know how that went. He ended up at Alabama. I th- I think he's really good. I I just I still have size questions about him and and the durability. But you know on a on another note, he sure fits profile of, of what a winning quarterback is in the nfl this day you got to be mobile you have to be able to throw and you got to make some some pretty good quick decision people will they'll bash like the um, the completion percentage but a lot of those were throwaways to to avoid sacks and uh Hertz has been pretty good at you know with the exception of that safety he took in the end zone um he he's really good at getting rid of the ball and, and getting out of a, a really bad place so I, I like all of that about him. I like it, I like um, the profile. Um, I still am a little squeamish about you know the size. I wish they they could. Uh, I wish they could get somebody You know, maybe with a little bit more size. And and I but I I don't. I'm definitely not one of the people that think the Eagles will address that early in the draft. So I don't. I think they they kind of figured. They kind of know what happened the last time they they did something with the quarterback. And I think they need a little bit of stability there.
0: Hey, Bob, back in the coaching uh, situation, which is second, were you surprised, one, that uh, Eric Biennemi didn't get a look for for one? Um, and Deuce Staley kind of, I don't know that it was ever really a candidate because he never actually got to be the full offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Um, did it surprise you? I, I really thought Biennemi would be at the top of people's list, especially the Eagles.
2: Yeah, I, I i don't like uh, i don't like this whole offseason with the coaches and what happened. i I think Deuce should have been the coach of the Eagles. I think he he earned that. And um, you know, i i i, I but believe me, I think the reason that that one of the reasons they didn't go with him is they're doing a, a total change of a, a total house cleaning. You know, this is a rebuilding year and uh, and probably next year. And uh, I think that's they they wanted when that happens, you want somebody who wasn't part of it to, to come in and, and do the dirty work and the heavy work and the, or the heavy lifting and all that. So I, I think that had something to do with it. And I also think the quarterback situation had something to do with it. Um, the, uh, you know, his, uh, Deuce was a guy about competition. He was, he was kind of part of the, that Doug, uh, Peterson thing, you know, you, you had, he, Doug wanted, uh, Carson to compete for the job and Carson didn't want to do it. And, um uh, the two of those, you know, they had their. I mean, that we watched that all year. We watched them bump heads, and um, and it got worse and worse. And then Doug tried to do things that you're not supposed to do, and and uh, and you saw it at the end of the year. That last game was to me a disgrace. I, I know you got your sixth pick instead of the ninth by losing that game, but um, you know, that. So Doug, Doug did the dirty work of the front office and, uh, and got nothing for it, you know, well, he's, he's not working this year. He's, he's going to have a a paid year, but um, to me, you you guys saw the longest yard. I've seen it like 50 times, you know, (laughs) you you do what the quarterback does and you screw the guards and you go for it. You know, (laughs) you do the extra time, you know, that way you've at least cemented your legacy, you know, and you win the, you walk away with the respect of the players and, and Doug, he, he just doesn't get that stuff. So. Um, to me that's a no-brainer you know actually he helped me if i'm ever in that situation go for the win
1: all right well bob just like the eagle season this ended way too quickly and uh our our time is done and we will get you back again before next season
2: for sure okay guys always a pleasure have a good have a great show
1: all right bob thanks enjoyed it thanks bob
0: all right, Chet, let's talk insurance. If you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester,
1: PA. You know that, Bill. I can tell you that one of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Somebody you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania at 610 430 0700. Once again, that number, 610 430 0700.
2: Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people.
0: Thanks, Willie. Hey, Chet, Flyers have a real situation for tomorrow night's game against the Rangers and Sunday against Boston in Lake Tahoe uh, with his COVID situation. I'm not sure how the league can expect to play seven guys down. You know, we always say next man up. We get that seven guys, Giroux, Konechny, Voracek, Lawton, Lindblom, Braun, of course, Morgan Frost, who's already on the injured list. So, I mean, you're talking the whole entire first line, plus a couple other key players uh, I don't know how you, the league can expect them to play in that situation.
1: Yeah, uh, you mentioned all the guys who won't be there. From what we understand from reading Sam Carciti last night or this morning, four players from the taxi squad were among the 14 skaters who practiced yesterday. You got forward Andy Andrioff. You got Maxim Sushko. I like that name. David Kasha, spelled like case, but it's David Kasha. And defenseman Derek Pouliot, so get used to those names at least for tomorrow night, because all of those guys could be in the lineup against the Rangers. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah, good good luck to Jim Jackson tomorrow. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and to Carter Hart too. And
0: yeah, (laughs) Carter Hart. Yeah, interesting though. You know, I I mean, I guess you can't keep canceling, uh, but at what point? And we've talked about this before. It's a fifty-six game schedule. Every game really is important. You can't lose these two games because you're undermanned um of course we know boston's really tough and that lake tahoe game is is a big game um the rangers not quite so good but now talent wise uh, they're all good so if you lose these two games while you're trying to figure out how to get out of covid Uh, why everybody else is at more full strength just doesn't seem right to me
1: yeah it's gonna be a tough one thursday night and then they do have the game on sunday i guess out in lake tahoe and you know i gotta admit something i had to look on a map today to see exactly where lake tahoe was did you know where it is because i I did not okay yeah it's on the border uh the state line between california and nevada west of carson city so i learned something this morning when i looked up that
0: now, you know, uh, I believe this is right. They're playing this on a rink in a golf course. I
1: like didn't know Lake it was on Tahoe. a golf course, but I knew that they specially made this rink, and I saw a picture of it. It looked real nice, so.
0: Yeah, but I believe it is on the Lake Tahoe golf course where ah. they play, uh, where they play. Surely there's lakes in Lake Tahoe, no? I would think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I don't know what the deal is, but I will tell you, Chet, I have missed Flyers hockey Uh you know, they were playing good. They're fun to watch. You know, you had your every other night uh, back-to-back games against the same teams. I kind of like that. It's been fun, and uh, it's not been so much fun here uh, in the last week and a half, it seems like it's been, that uh, with no games.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine they're going to beat the Rangers being so shorthanded on a Thursday, but the hope is that you'll get some of these guys back for Sunday. That has not been ruled out, so uh, they could certainly use these guys on the, the trip out west. A big game against the team that the Flyers have struggled with all year, of course, too, Boston, so that doesn't help. Absolutely.
0: All right. Hey, Chet, uh, we have a second guest tonight joining us, so let's ring the bell early. It's random Chet
1: time. Ring that bell. there you go what do you got well bill i hate to make you and me feel old but you know what the heck i'm gonna do it anyway uh boy can i find this thing yeah i found it okay i don't want to feel old yeah i know well it was 1971 (laughs) bill 50 years ago that all of these terrific albums were released can you see them all look at this it was 1971 we got memorable lps by artists including Elton John, Led Zeppelin, Carol King, The Who, David Bow, yes, Alice Cooper, Jethro Tull, and so many more. And, you know, in most of those cases, it wasn't even their very first albums. We've discussed before, Bill, that, uh, you know, I was a big fan of a lot of these guys. And you know that I'm a, a big music in the 1970s were just so big for me as far as getting into the music scene. I still own about 15 albums on that list. And just to prove it, I bought a bunch of them in with me. We got David Bowie's Hunky Dory, which included the song Changes that I loved. How about this one? Alice Cooper, killer. Alice still going strong today, 50 years later. He's got a new album coming out next month called Detroit Stories. How about this one? The Who, Who's Next. I love this one. The best album, absolutely, by The Who. One great song after another on this one. In fact, I wore this thing out. This is a new new one that I never even opened because the first one I wore out. Uh, the Yes album, as I mentioned, another classic featuring all good people. I've seen all good people. My original copy of Led Zeppelin's fourth album called Zoso also got worn out. So I had to buy a replacement for that a few years later. In fact, I bought it. For $2.95 at one of my favorite used record stores out in State College, Arboria. Our buddy PJ is well aware of that place because he was out there visiting many times. And Bill, this one, By the Stones, came out 50 years ago this year. Sticky Fingers, which not only had great songs on it like Brown Sugar and Wild Horses, but it also came with a working zipper on the front of the album. So that was kind of a a little novelty back in 1971. So yeah, 1971, Bill, it was the year that I started to spend a lot of my money on LPs, and I still have a working turntable connected, although I rarely use it. But I got to tell you, I, I miss the days of albums for the artwork and the thrill of putting the needle on the record for the first time, Bill. Well, do you have anything else on that topic?
0: because I was one throw the Bowie back up there. The first one, I, I was wondering if there's a Chet photo
1: with the Bowie hair. <laughs> no, I did not ever have Bowie hair. The, the, the red glowing hair. No, I, no, I, I thought about it, but I, I thought maybe there was one of those state college pictures with the With the red Bowie hair. (laughs) I'll show you some uh, pictures from back in that day sometime, but no, no no Bowie hair. But here's to all of us, Bill, and all of these great albums, which are turning 50 years old here in 2021. We will drink to that.
0: There you go. Hey, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck drink while they're working, for God's sake. We might as well, too. (laughs) How about
1: that?
0: (laughs) I'm all for it. No, I hear you. All right. Hey, Chet, let's welcome our second guest tonight from Edge of Philly Sports, Freddie Burns, back to Philly Press Box Radio. Freddie, welcome. What's up,
3: guys? Rock, rocking the shirt, baby. There you all go. Right. It's we on. Are all set, man. <laughs> it's on.
0: What's going on, Fred? Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank
1: you. I'm yeah. uh, 22. I'm excited. 22 last week. <laughs> you don't look a day over 23. How's that? Let's go with that. Well, Fred, let's talk a little Sixers, shall we? Uh, the West Coast trip brought some good news and some bad news. Losing the last three games of the trip and Joel Embiid missing yet another game. Not good. But they're still in first place in the Eastern Conference. And how about that 42-point explosion by Ben Simmons Monday night?
3: Ah, that was exciting. You know, the one in three road trip stinks that that they lost the games. They went one in three. But, you know, it was competitive, which I'll take over what we saw last year. Um The Ben Simmons, we'll touch on that first. Him, he is slowly progressing and getting aggressive as as it goes. This is a guy that, I mean, fans wanted to trade him last year, the year before that, not giving this guy any time to develop whatsoever. He hasn't really had a coaching staff, in my opinion, in the last four years. He had a coaching staff, but not one that were hands-on with him and actually teaching him every day. He's working with Sam Cassell to get better at attacking the rim. And you're starting to see that mindset change. He even had a comment after the game that it takes a lot to transition my mindset. Cause all he knows is pass first. Like that's how he thinks. And it's an advantage too. Cause if you see the Sixers three, <laughs> three, three point percentage with him on the court or with, uh, the, the Sixers players with him on the court and off the court, it's like a 15 point or 15 percentage difference. They're like 42% on 29% off. He finds open guys for three and whether anyone likes it or not, for three. And if they're making three pointers and he has, I don't know, 12 assists and nine of them are three pointers, nine times three is 27 points. Like that counts as 27 points. So if he, if he doesn't, if he has 10 more points scoring, you're going to be happier because it's 20 points on his stat sheet. It's he's playing unbelievably. The defense is at a, you know, first team all D. there's defensive player. of The year talks very excited for Simmons moving over. To Mr. Joel Embiid, who's playing when he's on the court at an MVP level. Now, he has his games where he sits out, which I know me. I want to just bring it up now because I know me and Bill go back and forth on this. (laughs) And it may come off on Facebook as if I side with not playing in those games. I totally do not. I think you should play every game. I'm have. i of that mindset. But it's a league-wide problem. It's not just Embiid. Big men have done it way before guards and forwards, etc. And and it started with Popovich. LeBron did it in the middle of his career, contrary to the stats you're putting out, because I know LeBron has turned a corner. He doesn't do that, but he got he got criticized in the That's beginning no of his lie. career. That's yeah, no, 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 yeah, but you, you didn't do the middle of the career when when he got criticized for business. it. Yeah, but but in the middle, he got criticized for these, this exact thing. And he always complained. He's like, oh, well. People that didn't know because I counted all 18
0: seasons and he misses six and a half games a year for 18 years, including the 27 he missed in one season. Hey, uh, Jane has a comment about uh, Joel. Stiffness, as in like, He's a stiff. Thanks, Jane.
1: <laughs> is that
3: is that what she means?
1: <laughs> or does he have lower back tightness? Come on, Bill.
3: You can't interpret what she's saying there. He's a stiff. I mean I, I mean he doesn't have lower back tightness. And I think one of the he may have it, but I think Thanks, one, one issue with that though, it goes back to when he first came in. He was coddled from the beginning, and the whole medical staff errs like way too far on the side of ca- caution. So he's been taught since the beginning of his NBA career to sit out. And and that, that's the way it goes. And, and I can tell Doc Rivers is starting to get a little frustrated, which I think is a good thing because that might push it a little further.
1: And now tonight Ben Simmons is out. Apparently he's under the weather. And that's a shame because, <laughs> you know, they're heavily favored tonight. I think they're up a nine-and-a-half-point pick to win against a bad Houston team. But I really wanted to see, you know, Embiid and Simmons together again, see what Simmons can do after his great night the other night. And this is one of those games that scares me. The first game back after a West Coast trip – Sometimes you lose those games, so uh,
3: this is not a sure win. I don't think it's a sure win, but they should win. Um, sure. I think. I think. I don't. Th- I think Ben probably has the sniffles, and they're they're rested him just like he would anyone else. I doubt he has the legit flu. I don't want to. I guess I can't say that for a fact. But so I, they should win this game. You're right, though, after a long road trip. But I think it's 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 a different Sixers team than we've had in the past, and I I think they will win. What, what did you say? They were nine and a half point favorites. Yes. Yeah, so if they lose <laughs> that that's a problem. But you're gonna see o- and B drops 35, 40 points and they'll they'll win the game. I think
0: and, and as PJ says, which I've said to you, Chet, these guys have these big games, thirty-five, maybe thirty-five is the magic number. Then they get the night off the next
3: game. What I, I still get it. I agree with you. I, I don't I don't think they should get the night off. Even Ben, he, Ben what he got forty-one points now, For and two, they had man. it and they had a day off. And now he's off tonight. Like what, why uh, maybe he does have the flu. I don't know, but it happens league wide. Like I actually did go back and look there's beads at 22 games. There's about four or five other, what you consider star players at 23 games taking off for the same exact stuff. And it's, it's bull crap. Like well, let, they're let's, paid, let's a, lot they're let, paid let's a lot of money. They're paid a lot of money about
0: that though. Because to me, what, what they have done is they've devalued the regular season to the point. They're just playing for the playoffs, make the playoffs, and you're good. Be healthy. Be rested. And and for the regular season, they're just stealing your money and wasting your time. They don't care. They don't care. Is All they got to do is
3: make the playoffs. I don't think they don't care. I think they think it's better long-term for them in the playoffs and for the rest of their careers. That if they rest, they've been taught. I don't know who's put this idea in everyone's head. Pop started it with that Spurs team, and they seem to have more energy in the playoffs. LeBron copied it. And it's like what now everyone's doing it, and it's it's it cheapens, it cheapens the game and the fans. Like like I wanted to see Embiid versus Gobert Monday night and that great Jazz team. Like I want to see Ben tonight with with Wall. I don't know if Cousins is playing tonight, but I, I want to see these matchups. And there's there's multiple games. And then the only time the NBA started to get involved is when they started doing it on the nationally televised games. And then all of a sudden they had a problem because the ratings would dip. Now they're if it's a nationally televised game they do, they tend to not do it cuz behind the scenes something was said. Hmm. And I and I agree 100%, Bill. It's it's not it's like nonsense. It's like why why? <laughs> like Jordan ne- didn't I didn't Jordan never did this. Will I I'm guessing Will never did this. Did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ever do this? No. No. Freddie, uh, a two-part question here. Is Danny Green getting old
1: fast? That's one thing. And secondly, what happened to the Tyrese Maxey that we saw at the beginning of the season?
3: He's uh just not playing well when he does get a chance. Danny Green, everyone's on him as well. He, we know what we got in him. He's a streaker, streaky shooter, but he's a veteran. That's that's I think huge for this team right now and down the stretch. I, I'll go back to that that game. I think Ben was out. They went to overtime against the Heat. They were down four with about a minute five left. I watched him on the foul line. Embiid was sulking. He went and like tapped him like, "Yo, man, we're gonna, we're gonna win this." And Embiid kind of looked. And then all of a sudden they come back. And go into overtime and win that game. Yeah. There's multiple times he's verbally said, "Hey Ben, you need to shoot. Ben, you need to do this." Or, "Hey, we after last game we or the what was it? Not the Jazz game, the game before that. We can't just show up because we're the number one seed and win." I think he's very important down the stretch, and he's going to have hot games or and then I'll have uh, you know cold games. And then as far as Maxie goes, he's just a rookie, and he's getting more minutes. He's really all he has right now is that drive to the basket floater. He can't set up an offense yet, so he's just developing. I, I think we put a lot of pressure on these young players. That, like, okay, yeah, they got hot in the beginning, and he's having some success, but he's not just going to play like that till the end of his career. He's going to have to hit a wall and, yeah. you know, grow from that and move forward.
0: Hey, Fred, I'm going to jump off of the Sixers for just a second, but I am going to bring Ben Simmons along with the question. Uh, I I asked Chet this question a couple of weeks ago, and you're a diehard Philly fan, so I'll ask you the same. What is it about Philly fans that uh we want to chase our young guys out of town? Uh Ben Simmons, we want to trade, Carson Wentz, we want to trade, Reese Hoskins, we want to trade. Uh,
3: Jerube for his whole career. Jerube for his whole
0: <laughs> career. Jeroob. What what is it? What what is it that uh about Philly fans of what are their expectations of these young guys? I mean, Simmons is still what, twenty-three? Yeah,
3: right? 23. The guy's been in the playoffs every year. Like that doesn't happen. Like Jordan, never mind. Year seven, like all the stars, year seven in the NBA. Anyhow, that's where they start making championships. This guy's in year four, 23. Anyhow, I am really starting to question this and I'm, I'm having a serious issue with this. Like dead serious. I used to take pride as a kid growing through that of the IQ of the Philadelphia fan pace and how smart they were. And over these last four to five years, I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's Twitter. I don't know. Wh- and I like to believe it's a small percentage. That's what people kept telling me. Well, that's a small percentage compared to everyone else. But then I listen to the radio and then I listen to this. I'm really having a hard time. Like, are we not that smart of a fan base? Are we just crazy? And we just, are we what the national media says we are? You know, just idiots that yell and scream all the time? Because it sure seems like that. And- we were very quick to just throw, get rid of players. Like, like McNabb, I'll take, for example. Now I, by the end of McNabb's career, I had turned on McNabb. And as he developed, there was things that I didn't like about him that, that was, you know, that maybe me turned against it. Didn't want to root for him anymore, but he was getting hammered the first two, three years. The guy, when, when he wasn't even, he he was getting killed. Like the guy was in NFC championships games And he had a great defense. He was running. He was the best quarterback we had seen since Randall, and he was getting killed. I don't know, Bill. What what do you guys think? Was there ever – let me ask you this. Was there ever a time through the, like, 70s, 80s where you were like, I don't know, am am I embarrassed to be a Philadelphia sports fan at this point? Well, the big difference was back
1: then there wasn't even any sports talk radio, so it was tough to gauge it. All we had were, you know, watching the games, occasional interviews, And, uh, you know, what we read in the newspapers, there wasn't really the whole fan reaction. And then, of course, in the 90s came sports talk radio and people got to voice their complaints. And then when social media came around in the early mid 2000s, people just use that as an opportunity to get negative. I think it's more easy to vocalize your negativity than it is to say something nice. So that kind of stands out more than anything positive.
0: Yeah, and the other thing too, Fred. Back uh, before your time, they were Mike Schmidt was not a fan favorite, right? They they wanted to run Mike Schmidt out because they thought Mike they thought Mike Schmidt thought he was too cool. You know, they liked Bobby Clark because he was a grinder. You know, they loved Bobby Clark still do. Uh, same with Moses Malone and. Julius Irving, Moses, Len- Malone, Lenny especially. Dykstra
1: too. They like Mike- that blue collar,
0: hardworking right, guy, right? Aaron Rowan smashing his face. He'd run through a wall for a baseball. Those are the guys they liked Scott Rowland was, was of the Mike Schmidt ilk. You know, they, he was too cool. They didn't like him. Um, you know, so it, it's always been that kind of thing. But, um, but I think social media certainly has brought out a lot of a lot of bad stuff. I mean, everybody's got an opinion and they want to make sure everybody knows their opinion.
3: And hey, I Fred, mean, I, I think yeah. it's cool for for us to ha- like not us and other people to start a podcast and an Internet show and do all that stuff and have an opinion. But like it's just like every random person could just go on there and say some crazy stuff and they haven't even really paid attention. Like they don't even know. It's It's nuts. So, Fred, the Sixers are still hanging on to
1: first place in the East uh, despite losing their last three games. They have a little bit of an easier schedule coming up, but I'm still not feeling really confident that they have all that they need to contend for the title. Trade deadline is March 25th. What do you see the
3: Sixers doing between now and late March? I think we really need some bench help and who I would love to get. And it's probably not going to happen because they hate Maury. Uh, PJ Tucker from the Rockets, if there's a way to get him off the bench, you know, to come in for Tobias Harris, he's a stretch three that can play D. Um, He's a grinder. We'll love him that way. (laughs) And uh, that would be a good guy. But I think they need to add bench help, whether that's at the backup power forward position or at the guard position. You see when shakes out. And I think even you need to add more than shake, but with shake out, you see there's, there's nothing there with the reserve bench. So maybe go add a ball handler as well. I don't think we need a star. Um, Maybe we could add some more shooting. You maybe get JJ Redick on a buyout, Kevin Love on a buyout type of players like that. All right. All right. Jed, anything else for Fred? Because we're about out of time.
1: Fred, you guys got a show tonight. Are they going to let you back on after your uh, week off for the birthday?
3: Yeah, and I'm going to crush Harry Roseman tonight, boys. So tune in.
0: <laughs>
3: well, Fred, hey, before we let
0: you go, let everybody know where they can find you, follow you, got everything you have going on, and uh, check you out.
3: You find me on uh, Twitter, at FredHugo underscore, and then our show is on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, just, you know, Google Edge of Philly or find us on EOPsports.com. All Thanks, right, guys. Man. We'll be Thanks, watching. Fred. Thanks, Fred. Thanks again, Fred. See you All right,
0: Chet, let's give a shout out to all our partners at the Edge of Philly Sports Network and their shows. You can check out the Broad Street Bully Podcast. Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey with amazing guests. Birds IQ every Monday night, 7 p.m. with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking Eagles. Edge of Philly Sports, as Fred just mentioned, live with Joe and Freddie, Big Al. They cover four for four and so much more. Philly Sports, watch them live Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Join Tom Kelly and the gang at Patterson Avenue Fanatics Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. They, too, talking all things Philly sports. You can check out all the shows at www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your family and friends. And don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter. comes out Friday mornings at about 10, 11 o'clock with a uh, – rundown of all the shows and what's going on
1: and thanks to you and al i can now find it i can now find the newsletter so i'm getting it every week now and we're good and by the way you mentioned tom kelly a big thanks to tom he's always very supportive of our show and i wish you know he and his uh colleagues more success on their saturday morning show because they do a great job but tom's always supportive of us he gives us retweets and plugs and says nice things about us and we don't even have to pay him anything for that. So we go. appreciate it.
0: Fred, I thought you were paying them.
1: <laughs> I don't make that kind of money, Bill.
0: I hear you. All right. Chet, great guest tonight. Bob Groats was uh, really interesting. And, and of course, Freddie. So uh, who's coming to Philly press box radio next week.
1: Well, Bill, we've got two guests once again next week. We have a first-timer joining us. Philly area folks will know him from his days as a news reporter on NBC10 a few years ago. He is this guy. He is an Emmy Award-winning journalist and also host of the Museum of Sports show with our pal Lou Scheinfeld on WWDB 860 AM. Doug Shimel looking forward to talking with Doug about his career and the Philly sports scene. But that's not all, Bill. We also will have a visit next week from... Bob Brookover. Yeah. Inquirer.com Phillies reporter, Bob Brookover. Can't wait to start talking with some of our favorite Phillies journalists and broadcasters and former ballplayers in the weeks ahead as things get going down in Clearwater. So a couple of great guests next week, Bill. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, one thing, Chad, I wanted
0: to go back on with Bob, uh, Bob Groats, And I, he kind of caught me a little bit off guard and maybe we, I just didn't do enough homework, but I would have sure liked to delve into his perspective on Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz going at it all season. Uh, I didn't know that. So obviously it didn't lead into the question, but when it happened at there at the end, I was like, man, we could probably talk about this for an hour. What's going on?
1: Yeah. I mean, there were some hints of that, but nobody knows the whole story because nobody's really saying anything about it. I mean, you know, Doug's not going to say anything. And of course, Carson For all his faults this year on the field, he never, ever said a word publicly about any of his teammates or the coach, and we haven't heard anything at all from Carson since early December. So who knows what the real story is, but I think it was obvious that there was something going on between those two. They didn't see eye to eye. And I mean, to Peterson's credit, he stuck with Wentz through 12 or 11 and a half games and... You Know at that point, you just had to say, Hey, you're just not getting the job done, we have to make the change. Whether that came from you know above Doug Peterson or not, it had to be done because of the way Wentz was playing. So, we don't know the real story, but clearly there was some friction and some issues there,
0: yeah, yeah. And and you know, but Doug uh, supported Carson in the press conferences, he said nothing but good things about the way Carson was handling things. Uh, very interesting. It caught like I say, it caught me a little bit off guard that Bob said that, and I, I would certainly. Like to know some more about that from guys that were there every day. So,
1: yeah, me too. Hey, you know, Phillies uh, started uh, practices today with the pitchers and catchers down in Clearwater. We mentioned that some other players there in attendance as well. Going to be a very different spring training as we talked about uh, in the past couple of weeks with uh, minimal fans, no interaction with the players. Um, one thing that has happened over the past week the Phillies did indeed invite that Oduble Herrera as a non-roster invitee. What do you think of that, Bill? Does he have a shot to make the team, and does he deserve this second chance? Uh,
0: Well, let's start out with does he deserve the chance? Absolutely, he deserves a chance. Uh, He he made a mistake. He paid his dues. That's what this country's about. Uh, You know, I I say you give him a chance. He didn't commit a murder. Um, You know, uh, we brought Michael Vick back. Philadelphia brought Michael Vick back. Yeah, and and he was him. fine. I actually, loved him. Yeah, uh, why he was here. Whether whether Odubel is good enough to earn a spot that remains to be seen. Um, but giving him an opportunity to um, to to play, I'm, I'm fine with it. He he paid his dues and got to move on. And give him a chance.
1: Yeah. I don't know that he's going to be the answer. I mean, he's, you know, he hasn't really played much at all in the last two years. If he's done anything, who knows? Uh, but I'm still concerned about the the center field position because, you know, he's got a shot, Roman Quinn, who again showed flashes, but uh, always has had the injury problems. Adam Hazley looks more like a role player. And then there's, you know, Kingry in the mix. So nobody's jumping out as a guy who is going to be out there every day. And I don't know if they're going to try to bring somebody else in or what. Well, I, I, I'm looking for
0: Hazley. Uh, I, I think Hazley's getting better. He's still just a kid. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot more at bats and I think he deserves a lot more bats. Let's see how that goes. Uh, but I wouldn't count him out as as someday being an everyday center fielder. I think he's
1: a I think he's a good player, a good hitter. Yeah, I agree. You know what else I've noticed about this uh Phillies team this spring? A lot more long beards. <laughs> I didn't know what Yeah, a lot of the guys have longer beards, especially pitchers. What is that with these Maybe young guys and, and the beards? they all been stuck
0: in the house for so could long be. that they didn't have anything else to do.
1: I'm just jealous I could never grow a good beard, so, so
0: there you go. Just jealous. But uh yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. It's uh we're getting started. Uh, it looks like 2,000 to 2,500 fans is going to be the limit down here. Uh I even talked to my contact that kind of helps me get some tickets uh around baseball. And he told me he wasn't even sure that that's going to be able to happen because they're only going to have so few people they might want them all to pay um, ah. that, that even player tickets and things like that could be uh, a little bit hard to come by this spring. So uh, it's certainly going to be different. Everything's in pods, you know, sit in groups um, yeah. spread out. It's certainly not. And and I, I have seen several different posts along uh, Facebook, social media that, uh, people say we're skipping this year. We're not coming. You know, we're, we're not going to do it. So,
1: Yeah, I'm still uh, debating. I personally would like to go, but my wife kind of would prefer that I did not go, understandably. She's very concerned about the whole COVID thing, and I understand that. So we're still working on that. Hey, right. A totally different, totally different issue. Well, it's still baseball-related, but uh, I don't know if you saw this story, Bill, but a guy who used to play for the Oakland A's back in the mid-'70s, Herb Washington has sued McDonald's because he's been a franchise owner operator for some 40 years since 1980. But he says in recent years, they've um, given him worst worst locations and they say it's more low income, you know, predominantly black areas that they're giving him. And they say it's because they've heard him complain about some of these other things. But that's not my point. My point is Herb Washington was the guy who was uh, on the Oakland A's in 1974 and 75 that Charlie Finley brought in. And I was going to talk about this, and the Mike Missinelli beat me to it on uh, 97.5 today. But Herb Washington is the guy who played in, I don't know, 50 or whatever games, but never got in at bat. He was a pinch running specialist. So he uh, actually scored 33 runs in his year and a quarter, year and a half with the A's. Never got an at bat. He stole 31 bases, which is good, but he was caught 17 times. So he's got to be the only player to ever have that kind of a a career. Not one single at bat, but he scored 33 runs. He really has not an official at bat. No, I looked that up today. Unbelievable.
0: Wow. I I, I usually know (laughs) useless crap like that, but I I remember him. Uh, Yep
1: interesting wow (laughs) i just thought that was a crazy story oh and finally uh one other phillies note i was just for the heck of it looking at the odds today the odds to win the nl east the braves are the favorites you bet a hundred dollars you get 120 back you bet 100 on the mets you get 140 back if they win uh the Nats you got about 100 and you win 600 if they win the phillies 850 bucks. So they are, of course, longer odds. The Marlins even much longer than that, even though they made the playoffs last year. So they're not real optimistic about the Phillies' chances this year, Bill.
0: Well, uh, I'm not going to go there yet. Uh, let's see how this bullpen pans out. It's all new. Some young arms at Brogdon kid. I really like him. Yeah, uh, He's got a chance to be really good, and, and their bats should be okay. The bats weren't really the problem. It was the bullpen that was the problem yeah um,
1: gotta be better than last year gotta yeah, be
0: boom gets it going Hoskins uh, gets to play a little bit and you know I I think they're going to be okay I don't know that they can win it but I, I'm not ready to throw in a towel yet and say they're going to stink they gotta be better on that back end and they're and I think they're better on the front end too
1: before we forget uh, let's give a shout out to a guy uh with the last name McClure what do you know about him Well, you know, we've had uh, Matt
0: McClure with us. We've had Kevin with us before as well. Matt, uh, uh, we wanted to give him a shout out because he got himself a new gig at B103FM. And I believe that is in right outside Minneapolis, isn't it? I believe, Chet. I don't uh, know
1: my geography.
0: Yeah, I I believe he's right outside of (laughs) Minneapolis. And uh, he is going to be the lead man, basically the face of the sports department out there. Great for a young guy Penn State grad like you Chet and uh, you know like everybody else uh, he was worried concerned about what's you know what's the future hold here as everything's been shut down and getting jobs hasn't been easy and uh, but he landed a good one and he's uh, he's out there. he just arrived I think there a couple days ago and uh, shout out to Matt congratulations to him and to the McClures my old neighbors by the way. Yep, way to go Matt. All right, Jet. let's give a shout-out to our friends at the PPCC 118 Razz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line razors, mystery boxes and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook page, like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Raz and P- and <laughs> PPCC 118 Raz Shop on Facebook. Easy for me to say.
1: Yeah. Party shot
0: for you tonight, sir.
1: Well, Bill, we lost a couple of more sports notables recently. We didn't mention this last week, uh, but we lost boxer Leon Spinks at the age of 67. And then just on Tuesday, we got the sad news that longtime NFL receiver Vincent Jackson had died a day earlier. Jackson, of course, played 12 years in the league, seven with the Chargers, five with the Bucks. I mentioned to you in a message that a cousin of mine who owns a restaurant North of San Diego had become a pretty good friend of Jackson's over the years. And he's really broken up about this. My cousin and his wife told me often about what a great guy Jackson was in the community, very charitable and all around good guy. People down in Tampa know that. So that was very sorry to see. And uh, that's all. Yeah. And, you know,
0: I think I told you, uh, Vincent Jackson, Now, you know, since I've been here in Tampa, he is, uh, he is very well thought of, uh, I spent a good deal of time actually at that hotel where he ended up hold up or whatever yeah. happened there. No one seems to know why he was there for three or four days by himself. Um, January I, I
1: mean, 11th. He checked in January 11th.
0: Yeah. Well, and actually the police found him there and went and interviewed him and checked him out and he was good. Yeah. Everything was good. And then a couple of days later he, he was found. So yeah, uh, sad here, here that the, you know, the first thing you want to talk about is the head injury thing. Was that part of it? I heard something today. You know the rumors. You can't you can't go with, but that there may be some alcoholism involved uh, <laughs> uh, over the long haul. I Hate to see it. Good good man. Um, you know, great to the community. That's that's really a big thing. Besides being a really good player in his day as well.
1: Yes, indeed. Sorry to see you go, Vince.
0: All right. Anything else before we wrap it up?
1: Happy birthday, Billy Joe Armstrong, frontman of Green Day. Forty nine years old. I'm a big fan of Green Day, and I just threw that in there for the heck of it. And how about happy birthday,
0: Jim Brown, and happy birthday, Michael Jordan?
1: Ah, them too.
0: Yes. Yeah, they were pretty good at their game. Wrap it up, Bill. All right. We'd like to thank tonight's special guest, Bob Groats and Freddie Burns, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razrub, and Dave Lavoie of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chet this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February 24th at 7 p.m. You can listen live on Facebook or watch us or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash Radio, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Radio. And what's the new one I found today? Gym and fitness.com. <laughs> Check I us out. I have no idea. There's a whole page about us, and we didn't even know it. I don't know how I stumbled on that.
1: Send money.
0: All right. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans.